Hello and welcome to Headcanon. I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marco Sparks. And this weekend, we're shifting gears from Star Wars to talk about a different kind of movie for episode number 17. We're talking about I Am Number 4. This is in our, our series of uh, failed movies, I think, is what we... Failed franchise starters. Yeah, franchise on starters. Mm-hmm. Which is... I'm going uh, to include Divergent in that, even though it had sequels. No, see, I'm not going to do that way, because I feel like if we don't take our bullshit Do you secretly like Divergent movies or something? I feel like no, you, I get but, a lot of pushback from you on this. But it's it's not even taking our own rules seriously, so I don't know why a listener would, you know? I feel like we say it's a failed franchise starter. I mean, just because they made sequels to it doesn't mean it's not a bad franchise. No, uh, it's still a franchise. It's still continued on. I feel like if you took those movies away, no one would be sad. No one would be like, ah, uh, that's, that's a lot of movies. Um, I, uh, you know, following the rules, the I rules like that we have, make up, you'd have to watch the other two. Yeah. But then mm. the rules don't mean anything. Then it's like saying, oh, let's go ahead and watch Hudson Hawk, which by the way, let's watch Hudson Hawk. We could just watch that just for fun. Yeah. I always podcast about it too. I feel like all the jokes you make are like 20 years old. <laughs> I would love to see if our listeners can follow along with 20 year old references. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, Andy McDowell is the lead. Come on. Yeah, she was the lead in, was it, was it Four Weddings and a Funeral? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Was um, it, was Groundhog she, Day? Was she in Green Card? I don't know if she's in Green Card. I don't think so, but I could be wrong. Hmm. I don't think she was the right age for that. Because the green card's about marrying, like, daughter. Right? Oh, yeah, obviously. But it's about marrying a daughter, if I'm not mistaken. No, a... green card is about getting oh, she a green card. That. Yeah, about getting Okay, she wasn't that. I guess she was younger than I thought. Peter Catherine Heigl was in the one about the daughter, my father, my hero of Gerard Depardieu. This is an entirely Annie McDowell and Gerard Depardieu podcast now. Isn't Green Card about, like, is is there a father in that? Or am I just totally misremembering? I I don't recall. Hmm. I only saw it as a kid, and I remember Gerard Depardieu scared me. He, like, jets or, like, water skis or something in it, doesn't he? I feel like I've I think that's that. my father, my hero. Okay, maybe I'm confusing these two movies. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Well, this would be a fun uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're doing everything we can to avoid talking about this Criterion classic. I am number four. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the mind of James Frey. And his, uh, I think you mean Pitticus Lore, which yeah. has got to be like the worst name ever. Well, it's like, like I would like to see the interview where you just dis- you discuss and like the origin of that pen name. That it, it's so bad. Um, it's like, yeah, that's a real name, Pitticus Lore. Yeah, I'll buy that. Yeah, it, apparently there's a lot of controversy around his YA content farm conglomerate because they just blatantly rip off MFA students for for words, and they suck. Yeah, I just want to point out that the first line of Ebert's review for this movie is, "I am number four is shameless and unnecessary." Yeah. Also directed by DJ Caruso of uh, Disturbia fame. Yeah. Thank God that guy didn't make Why the Last Man. Yeah, with Shia LaBeouf, that would been terrible. Uh, the writers for the movie are uh, Alfred Goh, Miles Millar, and Marty Noxon apparently did a pass on it. So the writers of Smallville, and 
let me say my least favorite Buffy writer. Oh, poor Marty. Also, uh, she got the and credit, so I assume that means she maybe did like the first pass, and then the other guys had the main credit or something. I wonder, or if it was the other way around. If, like, I think it was the like, other way around. You'd get the top credit. I'm not sure. I, I have no idea. I wonder if Jocelyn was like script doctoring is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, also produced by Michael Bay, which fuck that you, Michael says Bay. a lot right there that Michael Bay produced this movie. Apparently Spielberg had a little bit of input in this movie, but you can see why he'd want to keep that a secret. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Frey should have to go and Oprah and apologize for this movie too. He's the the fabulous, right? He like had a fake. Yeah, memoir. yeah. not just yeah. one, but like two books. Yeah. Oh, the one was the the big deal. Uh, yeah, so Caruso supposedly had like a year to prepare, shoot, and edit this movie, and it shows. Uh, yeah, I mean, everything about this movie is bad. Um, I don't know. Do you have an opening statement? Um, well, I do, but first, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. I just want to get the way. It's not so much your answer, it's how you articulate your answer. Mm-hmm. Is this movie better or worse than Twilight? Um, hmm. It's been a while since I watched Twilight. I feel like drunk me got more enjoyment out of Twilight. Mm. Having watched this just recently, this movie is pretty poorly made, mm-hmm. although I seem to recall Twilight being pretty poorly made as well. So it's it's hard to say for certain. I, I, I can say I probably got more enjoyment from watching Twilight just because it Twilight had that certain quality of like just extreme awkwardness. Yeah, that was like kind of amusing. Whereas this movie is just bland for the most. Also, Catherine Hardwick's loving nature shots. <laughs> yeah, it's like she just went to the the vault of like nature documentary footage. <laughs> I mean, Twilight it did have that like like red haired ponytailed villain, which I'm always opposed to. Um, There's so many moments from that. We should do those movies. We really should. Uh, well, that, but- that's on the list. Yeah. The the hooping and hollering and excitement when they're burning the vampire's body at the end, mm-hmm. and like 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 somebody's on the phone in the foreground and they're all like jumping and like cheering at this burn pit afterwards. At so. least that movie is willing to be weird, whereas this movie is like just the most boring. Like, I mean, my opening statement would just be that I feel like this is like some studio hacks got together and they're like, hey, we should do this whole YA thing. Like, we can make our own franchise, like Harry Potter and Twilight, and like every choice they made is like ill advised and wrong headed. In a ripoff, in some way or another. Um, well, just, let me ask you this: what, what, like the four quadrants they talk about? You know, like young and old, males and females. What quadrant are they targeting this at? I don't even know. I think Fuck. they think they're making this for girls, but they're not. Yeah. You know, yeah. like that—that's the impression I get is that they think they're gonna like like teenage girls are gonna be into this movie, and yet all the choices are clearly made by men. Yeah, yeah, it's a very uh, aggressive movie i think mm-hmm. towards women in a certain way my only thing would basically this feels like a tv pilot for a show that you know is not going to get picked up like if superboy didn't stand for truth justice the american way but instead looked like he put things in girls drinks um i mean it's like the main character looks like he has the wit of a male stripper um the dog sidekick has more personality than him so he he was in uh the magic mike movies right and then we're not asked back to the second. This is the guy who had like, like a falling out. Well, he had like a falling out with Channing Tatum. I feel I, like he would have been the villain in those movies. And it, I'll bet his stripper name was something like Hollywood or you know something <laughs> awful. <laughs> you know, I, I feel bad. Like I've never watched Glee. I never watched the Magic Mike movie, so I feel like I'm missing out on a lot of joke opportunities there. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm kind of surprised I haven't seen Magic Mike because I, I do like Soderbergh. Um, also, like there's McConaughey. Maybe. Should we do the Magic Mike movies at some point? 
God, I guess it kind of fits. <laughs> I mean, first thing I'd be doing them just for uh, Joe Manganiello. Not even McConaughey? I guess McConaughey can fit in. Is he in the second one? I don't think he's in the second one. Mm. I feel like he probably dies the same way that Oliphant dies in this one. I'd be a I, lot more interested in watching Magic Mike if Channing Tatum wasn't in it, just because I can't stand him. Favorite Channing Tatum movie, still side effects. Yeah. Just because he gets stabbed to death, spoiler alert. <laughs> and yes, I said spoiler alert after I spoiled it. <laughs> this movie came out uh, 18th of February 2011, I believe that is before The Hunger Games. So they definitely like missed the boat on like what audiences were interested in there. Well, I feel like this is still, this is like the the post twilight wake of mm. like bullshit like debris like um, percy jackson that kind of stuff yeah 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 uh jeez i mean this movie is like it's on like the distant shoreline of so many other movies that we'd be into or want to talk about it's got the antimatter case do <laughs> which is Teresa palmer who i'm fascinated just because i i i don't believe that she and case do can inhabit the same space i feel like there's some kind of devilish uh, nightmare Marilyn Jackie O thing between the mm-hmm. two of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can, evil Casey definitely is how I describe her in my notes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think our format's probably going to be a little bit different this time because we have so many complaints. But uh, I guess we can attempt to do top three moments. Sure. Uh, my number three will be just Teresa Palmer's intro. Walking away from an explosion without looking back. To an Adele song. It's like it's like adrenaline is being injected into a comatose hack writer's script. That's an Adele song? Yeah. Yeah. Shows yeah. what I know about Adele. Well, I mean, and the, the clever part is that the song starts with there's a fire and then something blows up. Like that's that's the level of intelligence, cheap and shell that's being like injected into this movie. That's all I have for my number three. Okay. Uh, I, I don't have much. I mean, just ironically speaking, my number three favorite moment would be, uh, when like the, the evil jock guy introduces himself. It's like, Mark James, this is Kevin, Jackson, Tyler, and Max. (laughs) Mark James! A bunch of stupid fucking pros. He said Mark James. Jackson. One of those guys' names is Jackson. I kept waiting for him to add like a, like an actual last name, Mm -hmm. like Mark James Jones or whatever. Uh, my number two, this is very dumb. Uh, it's the floor buffer on its own in the pool of blood at the high school at night. I don't know why it made me laugh. It really shouldn't have. That To me, like it was just one of those, like, this is something that like uh, would be in your pilot script for your TV show. To me, that's like the director forgot he wasn't making a horror movie and was like, oh, yeah, exactly. this, is cool. this is a cool shot. This is be neat imagery. It doesn't fit tonally, but... I feel like anyway. DJ Caruso went back to his like dream journal for eventual horror mm-hmm. movies. <laughs> Uh, my number two is when uh, Timothy Oliphant chews out number four there for his like dumb puppy dog lo- puppy yeah, puppy dog love. Uh, basically, just tells him what an idiot he is. I wish the whole movie was just that. Yeah, just him chewing him out. I guess the book, like his character, sticks around longer, which is a shame. It's a shame watching this movie knowing you could have had more Oliphant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, my number one is just when Teresa Palmer shows up at the end of the high school hallway. Yeah, it's my Terminator. number one too. Terminator style. She walks in shooting a laser gun. She does Matrix wire foo. And then she stakes an alien in the heart like he's a vampire. I mean, they might as well have given her like a jetpack and a lightsaber and also my heart. <laughs> but so she's number six uh, in the movie called I Am Number Four. And this like love triangle between like three white bread blonde people just got a little bit less boring <laughs> when she showed up. Yeah. Enter number six. That's my number one. It's like the movie suddenly has kind of a pulse. 
Yeah. Briefly. Yeah. Briefly. <laughs> Ever so briefly. Mm-hmm. Uh, under complaints, I just have written everything. Well, I, you know, I usually break up complaints and stream musings. Now it's just stream musings slash complaints. It's well, still- I, I, do you want to just go chronological on this? Because I made a lot of notes. I, that's how my notes are is chronological. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my, my first note just says, more like I am number two. <laughs> it's cheap, but I feel like it's effective. Um, so the movie starts by zooming down to the earth from space. But oh, before through. that, I just got to oh. mention, Touchstone Pictures. What yeah. happened to them? Yeah, this. And, <laughs> well, so, yeah, before we even get Touchstone Pictures, <laughs> sadly went out of business after making this movie. And then it's, it's DreamWorks. And we get this, like, you know, the DreamWorks logo. And then it pans from the clouds to space. Like, that yeah. doesn't even work as a pan. They're <laughs> like, oh, yeah, we just pan to space. And then we pan to Earth. Well, it's yeah. like they, they wanted this to be a universal movie so they could zoom in on the globe, but it right. wasn't. So they just like pandered a big shot uh-huh. of the earth and zoom in on it anyway. Well, just imagine like you went up and then back down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so movies into the earth from space. Push bad bad CGI too. Not, yeah. yeah. Where we hear copious monkey screeches and then gives us a scene of two ugly, sweaty dudes sleeping under mosquito nets, which well, as an opening in your movie is just thrilling. Well, and the music is like really trying to like pump us up, like oh something exciting's gonna happen, and all this zooming, zooming, like flying over the jungle, and finally we go into this hut, and what do we see when we zoom into the hut? Just a guy sleeping in a mosquito net. It's like yep. that was a little anticlimactic. Yeah, like less than five minutes in, there's an action sequence that is uninspired. The movie has shitty design, and you just know you're in for like a roller coaster of doom. Well, there's there's a noise outside, and like given what we see in the rest of this movie, these like D-list bad guys here from Battlefield Earth. There's no way they could be this stealthy. No. You know? No. Uh, and then there's, like, all this, like, lame tumbling, like, uh, like gymnastic-type work that the uh, the number three guy does. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, we can't really see anything. It's just, I don't know, it's, it's just, like, obviously a lot of bad CGI. I keep expecting, like, white-haired Samuel Jackson to show up in this movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just his character from Jumper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, they uh... they kind of feel like the same movie in some ways. When the guy started doing all the crazy fucking flips, mm-hmm. I wrote in my notes, like, insert moment where I, s- like, slyly convinced Benjamin Light that we should do Gymkata as a franchise non-starter. <laughs> that would work. That was, a like, a an action movie career non-starter for Olympic gold medalist Kurt Thomas. Oh, God. What an amazing movie. If you haven't seen Gymkata, treat yourself. Um, the villains look like punk rock, like, alien Nazi skinheads. Oh, they're just gross. Like yeah. the nose things. That's just, I'm not, that's not cool. Yeah. Um, also, he's got like a fucking like bad guy charm necklace. Yeah. Where he collects the good guy charms. He's like reverse Zelda or something. Or like, what is this? Like Pogs? Like yeah. YA Pogs? Yeah, he's just collecting jewelry. Uh, it's like you can just envision like the, the pause screen where you, you check your items and you see how many of these you've collected so far in your quest. I would hate this video game. Yeah, I, I would hate the kid who like comes over to my house and is like, "We need to play this game." Mm-hmm. Um, the movie never gives you even a remotely satisfying explanation for why these assholes have to be killed in order. No, no, they don't. I, I have a lot of thoughts about the villains later. Yeah, uh, but then we we cut to uh, this fucking tool. He's like leading a pack of jet skis. He looks like he's twenty five. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does like a like he's in the lead you know he's like oh super cool bro mm-hmm. i feel like you're watching this you're thinking like this must be the evil jerk villain and like any moment we're gonna cut to the hero who's like 
he's busy doing chores on the shore or something, you know, he's not allowed to go jet ski with the cool kids. Like that's how what it, you would think a normal movie would do, but no, in this movie, he is the hero. So let's, let's talk about some, some movie formula creation. Cause that's how this movie was made in a fucking lab. He does a fucking backflip on his jet ski. He looks like he does a backflip on a jet ski. He looks like straight up date rape. Um, but theory that I think this movie proves, if your main character is introduced to a Kings of Leon song, then your main character is an asshole. Yeah. Like, like, they thought, like, yeah, this is what kids want to root for. Like, the, like, the, like, cool guy jock who does backflips on his jet ski. I want to say that there was, like, some movie of Taylor Lautner and Phil Collins' daughter where, it's like the same formula, but it may, from my understanding, work better than this. But yeah, introduce on a, on a on a flip on a jet ski. He's given no name, not a single line of dialogue, and he's our protagonist. This movie just like screams out, "This is like sloppy bullshit." Well, they, they like after he does this backflip, him and his bros, they, like his posse there, they all like roll up on right onto the shore, right onto mm-hmm. the beach in their jet skis. They look like the uh, like the ski patrol from uh, Hot Tub Time Machine or something. Yeah, yeah. Like they just look like like the evil like asshole brigade. And well, like this, this guy... other this other bro rose up like doing his like weird like shaking his you know hand thing. Well, yeah, Alex Pettiford looks like he would play Bucky Barnes in like the porno version of Captain America. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, all he... like just like broing out, giving each other like high five back slaps and whatnot, and like checking out the hot chicks. And you're like, yeah. this is the hero. Yeah. Like this guy hasn't even said a word dialogue yet, and I hate him. Yeah, exactly. This is there's there's nothing necessary for the story, and there's not a single moment of, like promising character development in this introduction. <laughs> I mean, the guy I, I wanted to see like the scar on his like abs, where like his like personality was surgically removed too. Well, is this one bro's just like, oh man, doing that backflip is kind of desperate, and then like the hot chicks just like that was cool. Splish. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And then like immediately cut to like a nighttime beach party. Mm-hmm. where it's like all the cool kids are hanging out and then he gets like a booty call text from the hot chick who's just like hey how about a swim come to the yeah. pier i would have this is the moment where i would have rooted for the shark from jaws to eat them both well especially because we randomly get a shot like it's in like we're watching jaws mm-hmm. like from underneath for no real reason no reason at all yeah but like she's she's trying to like like she says dialogue about like the stars and whatnot obviously just like a pretense to fuck but like instead he starts bragging about how you got a d in astronomy like what an asshole yeah yeah well the 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 shark like ripoff scene from jaws made me think like you know it was a much better movie deep blue sea Mm -hmm. (laughs) his his leg starts glowing um he has this like super dumb vision of uh kimi and like killing number three there and for some reason, people freak out at this. Like, he's an instant, like, social pariah. Like, oh, my God, that freak. Yeah. There was, like, a light, you know, that I could barely see in the water. There is a light at the end of that tunnel, though. We are then introduced to Timothy Oliphant, who has a Frank T.J. Mackey samurai haircut. Oh, my God. If, if at this point in the movie, we just, like, like, he just murdered the main guy and we just followed him from here on out, that'd be great. What if he, like, he was just, like, what's his name later? Like, John? John Smith? He's just like, first of all, the character's name is John Smith. He doesn't even have a real non-placeholder name. But if he's just like, John, I want to show you something, like leads him out in the water and then just holds his head under the water until he stops. <laughs> yeah, and then it's just a movie about whatever uh, samurai haircut I would watch a movie. Said. I would watch a movie about Timothy Oliphant like ordering a sandwich at a restaurant and like tipping his waitress. Um yeah, so no more, no more living the wild abandoned teenage parties on the beach. Like this, this story that has no faith in itself. Like, there's not even a. I feel like a real story about how this guy was 
popular and then he's not popular even no it's i i feel like they it's like they want to have it both ways they want they want to be like oh my god this guy's such a like cool dude like he does backflips on a jet ski but also they're like oh he's sensitive bro like he's mm-hmm. sad and he has like teenage issues that you identify with don't you millennials he doesn't have like an outlet though it's not like he's writing in a fucking journal or anything you know mm-hmm. <sighs> no, just, just so... giving bad dialogue yeah so nine minutes in number four yeah nine minutes in we get this expository monologue that attempts to explain what the fuck is going on here over like a chill road trip montage and it's basically about alien royalty on the run in earth like from key west uh bold statement vampire academy is a better movie than this wow you know what That's... else was too disturbing behavior oh yeah sure um yeah we get the like lingering on the gecko just like hey guys this gecko is important even though that whole like what this gecko becomes in that entire like thread of the plot is pointless completely Mm -hmm. pointless to the story of the movie they Uh, and like the the music wants us to feel like really bad for this bro i i just feel bad for timothy oliphant myself he looks relieved when his character dies um (laughs) yeah the gecko will eventually be given a name in one scene halfway through the movie that is never brought up again do you think they shot this like first scene at the beach just so they could all go to on location to key west and get paid for it oh yeah yeah without a doubt mm-hmm. without a doubt i mean i feel like you know dj garuso captain of the ship you have to treat your crew to something unfortunately <laughs> this is going to be on your imdb resume at least you had that like weekend in key west guys like how the uh the the bad like exposition voiceover is like people think he's my father he's not it's like trust me dude nobody believes he's your dad <laughs> and then the the name of the villains the Mogadorians just oh yeah <laughs> that's a bad name yeah well then Mogs for short which isn't mm. any better um yeah. <sighs> it's like I I it's one of those like you know it when you hear it things when it comes to bad sci-fi names that's yeah. a bad sci-fi name yeah. This the the alien names could have used a few more apostrophes. On the plot, it's just so like transparently thin. It's like they're hunting us down in order. Right. Like why why do they care? They conquered your whole planet. Where where's your spaceship? How'd you get here? Like Yeah. Uh, Wait, why do why did these aliens care about you nine assholes? Yeah. And then like uh just the real shame is that immediately Timothy Oliphant loses his samurai haircut. Yeah. And he's back to just like regular hair. And then this bro like bleaches his hair. Like to just look extra broy. <laughs> it's like bleached like... with like this weird kind of like I don't even know what style that is. Just like like kind of messy tousled style. Like uh like a date rape copper mm-hmm. fringe. Yeah. Um <sighs> you could make him more creepy. Well there are these like really lame attempts at lampshading this where he like he complains about his unoriginal name. It's like, yeah, that's not a pass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oliphant has business in Ohio. Shitty fucking Ohio. Paradise, Ohio. Mm, ironic. Uh, it's so ironic they'll mention that it's ironic later in the movie. Yes, they will. Um, the movie does the uh, the walk and talk, but like it, it, it throughout the high school and eventually gets to Paradise. But there's no intro of the cliques or social casts like you get in other teen high school movies, which is a shame. Yeah. Which kind of reminds me of how more I think about how interesting the Harry Potter house system is, like in lieu of all of the crazies. Yeah, I I wonder if there's like a montage of all of those kind of walk and talk intros. I'm I'm sure there is like a supercut somewhere online. What was the one? Was it Ten Things I Hate About You of the White Rastafarians? That sounds right. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, I like how uh, Oliphant, he just rolls up and, like, throws the for sale sign away. I like to think that that's, like, what he does in his real life. He just squats in houses like that. I I wrote down, Oliphant doesn't even have a script. Mm -hmm. He doesn't even know he's being filmed. You know, uh, I also wrote here, too, Oliphant isn't a perfect idea, but side note, I would love to see someone like him in a TV show version of Polanski's Knife Gate. Hmm. Like a like a, a TV show That'd about a sleazy, yeah. scrupulous rare book dealer, like uh, like the Da Vinci Code for all of us degenerates. I I could get behind that, especially if it had the Baroness in it. <laughs> Baroness, Baroness. Well, I know that you know. I, sometimes you have to cast like the like the the actor with more gravitas to play the mentor mm-hmm. uh, than your young lead. But like seriously, this dude has so much more gravitas that it's like <laughs> the other guy's a black hole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the gecko shapeshifts into a dog for some reason. We find out that Oliphant has like this magical technology that erases things from the internet. For the most part. Later on it's defeated by like some assholes like Firewall. Doesn't work on videos or something. I feel like they could they could really like sell this as a service and make a fortune. Yeah. Like celebrities yeah. and whatnot, you know. Yeah, really. Um the line delivery of that's Bernie Kozar. He played football. Yeah. He played for Cleveland. It's like, well, I guess if you wanted to convince me that these two are aliens who don't know anything about Earth, he just did. Uh, <laughs> so also, the ridiculous dagger does not seem like it's the most effective weapon for fighting off alien conquerors. Well, it's got this stupid glowing gemstone in the hilt. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, of all the possible weapons you can have. Uh, and then we're, we're, we wake up for a moment because we interlude with, interlude with evil Kesu here. Mm-hmm. She's trashing their old place. Uh, like walking away from explosions, you know, in slow motion. Why do they have to go back to Ohio? It's I don't know. Because uh, uh, Timmy Falcon has business. Yeah. <laughs> this is just like the first hint in the movie that like there's a better movie happening on the fringes of this movie that you'd rather be watching. So it's a 90 minute movie, and it's like in the first two half an hour blocks, you get like 45 seconds of a uh, blonde case do, mm-hmm. and then she pops up in the last 20. Um. I mean, yeah, it's just a movie that it's like just succumbing to its own hackish narcolepsy. Then we get Diana Agron. Uh, well, so Bro wants to go to school. Yeah. Uh, he's like, I know how to blend in. And then, like, cut to him pulling a hoodie over his, like, piss drinking face there, <laughs> looking like young Ken DeLaurentis. It's like, oh, he's blending in, guys. He put a hoodie on. If Ken DeLaurentis had abs and was also the Unabomber. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I feel like. Like, they have magical internet erasing machines. They have, like, document forging. You've just removed all of the kind of interesting parts about having to hide your identity and move around and stay off the grid. Mm-hmm. Like, all the all the kind of, like, neat elements of that kind of lifestyle. You just, like, some bullshit, like, you know, magic devices to erase it. So now we're just left with nothing. Right. You know, like, you removed all the interesting drama and details. Uh, well, they they could have attempted something where he talks about every time he deletes me from the internet, like a part of my already bland soul is deleted well, they, too. This was an opportunity for the writers to be creative and show like how one would move around and stay off the grid, but instead they're like, no magic internet machine. Yeah, yeah. Aliens, hand mm-hmm. wavy. <sighs> and uh, meanwhile, not Veronica Mars here. Seems like she also has a more interesting story that we're not following. It, she's an artsy girl as a photo blog, a secret photo blog called Strangers in Paradise. Oof. It features secret pictures of grosso teachers picking their noses and shit. Mm-hmm. 
Did you really think that the principal was going to do something like like inappropriate in that that scene? No. Well, like the way he like sits right next to her, like almost like touching her hand, I was really grossed out. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. Know. I liked I liked Diana Agron. She is completely wasted in this movie. Um, they, they have no chemistry at all. No, like no. the the level of attraction is like he likes staring at her, and for some reason she's kind of into it. Yeah, she's like a, a blonde, possibly less uh, precocious Arya. I guess, yeah. I, how dare you compare anyone to the Shisher? But sure. <laughs> uh, and it, like he has uh, this phone that he's supposed to answer every hour from his from Oliphant. He's apparently named Henry, like the French spelling for Henry. Yeah. Who who added the Michael Jackson ringtone? Was that him? Was that Henry? It's like it's, it's just like a cheap joke that's dumb. Yeah, which I don't know that I feel like it flies right over this audience's head. Like they probably never heard of of Michael mm-hmm. Jackson. Um, also, I just whenever I realized how it was spelled, I wanted to keep calling him Henri. Henri. Um, yeah. Then we get the bully character, the Biff Tanner guy named Mark James, who oh. is over the top. Before we get to that guy, we we have this moment where like he has to give his fake name. And she's like, yeah, fine, whatever. Don't tell me your real name. And, like, we're supposed to feel really bad for this bro because, like, the girl didn't think his fake name was real. It's like, oh, how put upon are you? Like, parents don't understand. They give you a bad name. You can't flirt with girls now. Yeah. It's like maybe if he had some game, you know, you, you wouldn't have ruined the moment. Like, yeah. nothing is this guy's fault in the movie. I feel like the script was written to somebody, like, caught a rerun of, like, the nine lives of Chloe King mm. and just ate the details and gender swapped it. Yeah. Well, the, the, the mean ex bully boyfriend shows up. He's so comically over top. It's like, this guy was like raised on nothing but William Zabka movies. Yeah. Yeah. And like, is he a dealer or something? He's like, you need anything at all. You come to me. Like, what, what does that mean? Well, he's really into the jock lifestyle. Yeah. Like, bro, I need to know what kind of sports you play, bro. That happens when you're the new kid at school. He just immediately like the jock sizes you up. Oh God! Uh, so then, you eventually... need anything, anything at all, <laughs> guys. Like I, I don't understand what you're saying. He's like, I mean, weed. God, do I have to spell it out? Or if you need other stuff, mm-hmm. my bro Jackson yeah. handles that. <laughs> uh, yeah. The main dude eventually finds Diana Agron's photo blog, and it's like there's photos of him on there, and it's like he falls in love with the way she sees him. Mm-hmm. Well, there you get another bad attempt at a lampshade where the uh, there's like the nerd getting picked on by the jock. And he says, gotta love the classics, homecoming king versus the science nerd. It's like, no, that doesn't excuse you from having like not beaver here. It's like somehow he he like is like so meta that mm-hmm. he understands high school better than everyone else, you know. Rebel seriously without a cause. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he also has like special locker opening powers. <laughs> so they have to be friends. He's like way too wise beyond his years. I just feel like number four is just that fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. I'm an alien. I don't know how locks work. Well, you know, I feel like there's there's an, like this movie really investigates none of the drama it potentially sets up. One of the things is like he's supposed to be hiding out. He doesn't have to go to high school. He chooses nope. to. Yeah, chooses to. I feel like they they could have gone anywhere with that and said they didn't. Well, he basically just shows up because he's like interested in this girl. It's like a, it's a rebellion act against Henri, but also he wants to fit in. So he goes to school to remind himself that he doesn't fit in. 
But he obviously doesn't try in class. No. You know, it's not like he's eager to learn or anything. But he also, just wants to socialize. I think he might actually be a bit of a dunce. Well, yeah, he got a D in astronomy. I mean, not only that, he's, like, later on when the action actually goes down, he's not, like, the good one. You know no. what I mean? I'm pretty like, sure even, like, Ron got a better grade in astronomy. I feel like every single character has to save him at some point. It's kind of humorous that the movie's titled after him, really. Um. So, yeah, then eventually he's in class. His hands start glowing uncontrolled. Oh, hold on, hold on. You're, you're oh. rushing ahead. I got lots more here. Oh, please, by yeah. all means. Uh, well, you've gotten the impression that this guy has to move around a lot. Mm-hmm. You'd think he'd be pretty used to it by now. But for some reason, like, like, we don't really get any insight into why he's so, like, bummed. Is it just because he's a teenager now? Like, did he have to leave, a, like, a girlfriend behind? And, you know, like, there's there's nothing. Like, he's such a, like, a mopey bastard in this movie. And there's no real reason for why other than, the, like, being a teenager sucks. Well, what would you do if every time you were about to get laid and, like, you know, engage in some ocean sex, suddenly, like, your ankle started glowing? And that shit ended up on YouTube. Like, get some fucking duct tape and wrap around my ankle. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure this guy is really frustrated. Mm -hmm. I mean, like... Well, I I think the uh, the glowy hands that he can't control are a metaphor for that frustration, if you know what I mean. Yeah, seriously, yeah. Um, Drew Van Acker would have been better in this role. (laughs) Yeah. He can throw a mean spiral. (laughs) And they're just like, not cool, bro. (laughs) It's like, like, this guy's like, they want him to be the, like, misunderstood outcast loner but they also want him to be perfect at everything you know and he is not no uh and then so of course like displaying his physical dominance that gets diana agron's motor going there Mm -hmm. she's like "Ooh, i'm gonna start taking pictures of you now the the main dude's like light up jazz hand acting made me think of other memorable moments in hand acting you know like tom hanks saving private ryan bruce campbell and evil dead 2 if he was a comic book character, number four would basically be Jubilee or Dazzler. <laughs> I have a note about Jubilee later in this. But I, I think it's interesting that the sound effect used for flashlight hands is the same one that Harry Potter would use whenever he did his like flashlight wand masturbation thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like uh, like Beaver here, uh, the the nerd. He's like if somebody told me I'm definitely not the guy you want to hang with, I'd be like, well, are you planning to shoot the school up or something? Like what? What the <laughs> fuck does that mean? I I wanted to like include a line that's just like even you are rejecting me. Mm-hmm. Fuck. <laughs> and then uh yeah, the photo blog with bad flash animation. <laughs> and then Oliphant's mad. He's like, I told you to be invisible. He's like, Oh, Timothy Oliphant, only his charisma is invisible. Well, the pooch is a better, more charismatic, more emotive, more giving co star to Timothy Oliphant than Alex Pettifer. Mm-hmm. Did they ever even explain how, like, the bad guys find them? Or how they find Florida? Like, it, it's pretty vague. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But I, presumably they just sniff them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With their gross gill nostril things. Yeah. Yes, thank you for all, like, the gross, like, sniffing over and over again in this movie. Uh, I really needed that. You would have thought that these guys' teeth would have been the worst part. No, it's their nostrils. Um. Also, this movie has a water... A queer scene. I'm sorry, what was that? Ooh. This movie has a waterfall parkour scene. It does, yeah. B- before that, when he's, uh, when he's you know, first he's experiencing his uh, nocturnal emissions there, uh, Zavka comes up behind him, uh, Mark James here. It's like mm-hmm. he wants a date. He's just like, yeah. hey, bro. 
Yeah. Uh, I feel like there's a metaphor of him having to run to the bathroom right now because of that. Yeah. These guys go to the other dojo, if you know what I mm -hmm. mean. Glowy hands is such like a dumb power, by the way. Yeah. I like, think it's incredibly stupid. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, like my eyes totally glaze over in the exposition. It's like, oh, you inherited magical powers from your parents or something. Like, why, why couldn't their like super powered race like stop these bad guys? Like, what happened? They yeah. caught with their pants down or something? <laughs> well, like, you know, every version of Superman at least starts off with a few moments on Krypton mm -hmm. <laughs> that make you give a shit. Not well, and then movie. it's just like, oh, I have all these powers that I'm not allowed to use them. Parents don't understand. Yeah. And so, of course, he tries to, like, use his powers on his dog. Which I thought it'd be really funny and dark if he accidentally vaporized the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> like, ooh, that was kind of brutal. <laughs> and then suddenly he has not only does he have like glowy hands, but he has super strength and agility, and like he does like has like Arsenal's parkour moves. Yeah, and he uh, does that really lame like Jesus pose as he jumps off the uh, waterfall, as every asshole bro does. He like somehow like jumps off backwards. He, like, he, he flits, like it makes no sense. It's always wire work. Yeah, this son of a bitch is going to do a backwards like flip into a waterfall for mm. all of our sins. <laughs> well, the main dude's joke about ironic Ohio just reminded me of how much I love the show called Erie, Indiana. As a kid, oh yeah, I remember that show. And then uh, later on, he's like stalking this girl at her job, I guess. Yeah. To eventually criticize her ability to take one of his compliments. Mm hmm Oh, and then I feel like they're they're reaching for some Harry Potter vibes by like him like he's lusting after the house she grew up in and it's like, Oh, I I I never had this family moment like you have, you know. This chick's family is folksy as fuck. It's a little too folksy. You could have turned it down a little. I, I really wanted the scene to be more like the scene from I Heart Huckabees. Or they go over to the family for dinner. And you forget what happens in a meadow at dusk. Everything. Nothing. Um, yeah, so the family, like, they're into, like, surrendering their, like, electronic devices to a wicker basket so they can actually, in air quotes, I put, talk at the dinner table. Um, I really thought the parents were going to try to lure this guy into, like a, like, a threesome. They seemed, like, really happy that this guy was there. I mean, maybe it's because oh. her, like, her only other boyfriend is, like, that weird date rapist. Yeah. So, they institute a game of, what's the worst advice you ever got? The dad says, pull this. Mm -hmm. um, I can't remember what the mom... Like, the mom's is, like, your dad won't find out or whatever. Your parents won't find out or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Diana Agron's character is so straight-laced that the bad advice that she's heard is about self tender <laughs> while her <laughs> parents are talking about straight-up fucking. Mm-hmm. But like they're just they're shoving like their bizarre nuclear familyness like right in his face the whole and time. And he's eating it up, of course. Then he goes upstairs and like a nosy little fucker just starts reading her diary, her post secret book. Yeah. Even though she's like, "Hey, that's kind of personal," and he just ignores her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think like and also like this girl with her photo fetish. I think her and Arya are like the last two people on Earth still shooting on film. Yeah, it would somehow. It's like if you threw in Rachel Bilson here, you would have the poor man's like Ari and Hannah. Mm, yeah. Um, 
yeah, this is like his payback for the hot artsy girl taking his photo and like taking notice of him, even though there is nothing remarkable about him at all. I just love how she's like, yeah, that's kind of private. And he's just like, huh, just turns the page. Yeah, sneer. Um, I feel like the, the headcanon for this girl, like obviously her ex tried to like date rape her or something and she has mild PTSD ever since. Like, yeah. I feel like that's what they're implying without really saying it. Right. Mark James. Mark James. <laughs> Um, he's got he has like some weird entitlement about seeing her like Pinterest diary there. He's just like, you take all these pictures of us, like we can't see you. And it's like she told you it was private, dude. <laughs> like Yeah. The fuck? Yeah. Uh, and then well, his dog shows up and solves his game. He did fall in love with like the way she saw him. So it's like he really mm. has yes. the fact that he's been seen at all. Anyway. Yeah, he should be a little more impressed that the dog could find him all the way at her house. He should be impressed and concerned. And her creepy That's, ex yeah. is outside watching them. Yeah. yeah. Passing on, like, ridiculous football wisdom to all the kids he oppresses. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that he's, I don't know if he just has, like, tiny pockets or he's wearing girl jeans or something, but he can't even fit his phone all the way in his pocket in, no, the, in the next scene where he gets a phone call. Okay. <laughs> and the the cute, the evil Mark James shows up to give him his, like, QB speech. It's uh-huh. so dumb. Yeah. It's like you know what a good you know what a good quarterback needs. I really wanted him to say tight end there, but he didn't. <laughs> like they should have done the parody thing, where like their faces just get painfully close as they like <laughs> whisper threats, spit in each other's face. Yeah, uh, it's supposed to be really dramatic, but like he can't take this seriously. No, it's like we're supposed to believe this guy's smart enough to like rig lockers with paint bombs or something. And Has that like that ever the- happened. I feel like if you did that in a school now, you'd get arrested. It'd be like terroristic threats. Yeah. yeah. You'd be expelled immediately. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, the kid has a stupid picture of his dad, which like, hey, don't worry about that picture, kid. It's online. Oh, wait, not anymore. Sorry. All I want just deleted it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So eventually, uh, number four puts on like a Cosby sweater. Um, well, he's a total fucking pushover. It's like, oh, he's going to ignore the girl now because the bully tells him to. Yeah, yeah. That's real heroic. As if it's her fault whatsoever. Like, who who are we supposed to be rooting for here? Him, I guess. But, like, we're like, yeah, that makes sense. Ignore the girl you like because uh, the bully told you not to. I could only root for Diana Agron at this point. Just hoping that this storm would pass quickly. Mm. Um, Yeah, so when we get the aliens... Uh, well, there's this whole subplot involving like the nerdy kid's dad and like a steel mill. It's so lazy and boring. It, uh, whatever. Well, it's like let's just have a couple scenes of like Oliphant looking at things in like an industrial setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like googling. He's literally, you know, he's binging actually. He's binging <laughs> it up. <laughs> Marcus Spellman, Paradise, Ohio. Like, wow, you could you had to go to Ohio to do that. Thing only works in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we get uh, like not Veronica Mars here. She gives her basically Veronica Mars light backstory, which really makes me just want to go watch an episode of Veronica Mars instead. Yeah, I mean, really. it's basically the same thing where it's like I used to be the popular girl dating the the cool jock, and then I broke up with him, so now everyone hates me or something. Yeah, and she views the world through her cameras. Mm-hmm. And there's a haunted hayride in the spring that they really well, go all out on. Are, are we at the point where the alien road trip, the alien, like the evil punk alien freaks are on the road? 
And they oh, you mean like, the, like scaring the like the the, kid the chubby in the car. boy in yeah. the backseat of the road for no reason, in case you forgot they were villains. Mm-hmm. Uh aren't they like listening to like some like rock music or something too? Well, it, it's like the main dude is losing his mind trying to fit in, whatever that means. And the alien weirdos basically do whatever the fuck they want, and no one seems to notice. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Diana Agron's character. I feel like there is subtly some kind of trauma there that she's not talking about very, very well. And then half the time it seems like she lives on a cloud and like bluebirds do her hair for her in the mornings <laughs> while she sings a song and takes pictures of old tiny cameras. She's a little underwritten. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I mean, she has presence though. I'll give her that. But pro tip, the best moment for a first kiss is on a haunted hayride tour. <laughs> um, it's like the like creepy driver. It's just yeah. like last stop or whatever. Yeah. I, I did like the uh, dead prom queen. Yeah, I, they're really going all out there. I feel I, I, this movie makes me think that David Caruso would rather be directing a horror movie. You say David Caruso? Or I'm sorry, D- DJ Caruso, David Caruso, whatever. Imagine if David Caruso just walked into this movie right now and put on sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, but doesn't it seem like he wishes he was directing a horror movie? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or anything else. It's got to be easier ways to pay your rent as a director. Mm-hmm. Um. The bully has sway. I'll give him that. His bros are willing to put on night vision goggles and kidnap girls in the woods for him. I mean, he's like, bring the rape victims to me. I mean, meanwhile, I'd rather enter witness protection than help people move. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) He has his henchmen bring his girl to him. And then he's just like, you're a problem for me, Sarah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What's amazing is that by the end of this movie, we're supposed to be on this guy's side. (laughs) No, no. I have the line, you don't have to tell me I'm being an asshole, Sarah, but you're a problem for me. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. So number four discovers that he can use the force, but only if it's lame. He is like 100% the route the prequels went with the midichlorians. Mm-hmm. Well, he's just like, all I think about is you. It's like, dude, this is like the third time you've ever spoken to her. I kept waiting for him to like give her some kind of football wisdom. Mm-hmm. My heart is and called then- an audible. Apparently his kiss is so amazing that she's just like, where did you come from? His powers make no sense at all, too. Like, he can break streetlights. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what? Fucking streetlight. <laughs> Fuck the municipality of Par- Paradise, Ohio. Oh, at the end of this movie, you were going to feel so bad for the taxpayers of this town. <laughs> and like, the needless, un- unexplained destruction of their high school. Um yeah, so when he walks her home, she is so heartbroken to do it, but she still gives this douche an out. Like, she's way too cool for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, then he gets a text from the nerd guy. The nerd guy has an obnoxious texting style. It's all yes. caps. Yeah, with, like, uh, like lead speak. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you might as well like, throw in a few more ultimatums while you're at it. Mm-hmm. Um, then he has to give the big reveal. You know, it's true. All of it. The dark side, the Jedi, the real. Mm-hmm. This is the part in my notes where I stopped and went and watched the Star Wars trailer again. And then decided to listen to Star Wars soundtrack and finish my notes later. Took about so a two-hour break. It was nice. We went and saw Star Wars again last night. It was amazing. It yeah. was oh, yeah. even better than the previous many times. I actually said to someone, I completely forgot about this. It would shock people to find out how many times I saw Phantom Menace in the theater. <laughs> is it more than ten? Yes. Wow. Okay. I think I did ten for Phantom Menace. I Which think, is uh, regrettable in hindsight. You know, <laughs> I think it was eleven times. Mm-hmm. Now we're including like like dollar theater shows. Oh yeah, too. yeah, yeah. But like, 
I loved it every time. Mm-hmm. Every time. Um, yeah, so Oliphant tussles the main dude because he does not respect his puppy love. Um, we don't love like the humans. With us, it's forever. Which That's so such, well. It's just like some bullshit they brought in to explain why he's such a whiny bitch. Yeah. Like, yeah. You love her forever after two days. Whatever. Is this then, supposed to be appealing to high school kids? You're like, yeah, that's what romance is like. Like the average high school viewer is like, I wouldn't mind being tied down forever to this <laughs> douchebag. He's so incredibly awful. And they they make this huge deal about how like the Mogadorians like, oh, oh no, they're coming for the planet. I feel like there, nothing they do in this movie, a typical like army platoon couldn't handle. You right. know, <laughs> like, right. I feel like the U.S. Army would brush these guys aside without too much trouble. Um, also that fifth wave movie, since I've seen the trailer oh so God. many times, yeah. that looks horrible. Yeah. It's, I like Chloe Moretz. That's not the movie for her. No. And that, I that fucking like... scene where he's just like, let me teach you how to pull a gun out of my hand. And he's just like, Oh, you're a natural. Like, Oh, that looks so bad. It looks like the worst possible version of like red dawn. Um, it, it also looks like they glued the facial hair on that guy's face. Oh yeah. 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 He looks like uh, a young, who was that asshole from a uh, high school musical? Zach Efron. Yeah, that fucker. Um, but like with like a, like a pube, like a <laughs> spirit glued mm-hmm. pube mustache. Well, do you just know pube. that like he? Oh, I taught you in this one scene how to disarm somebody from a gun, and this is going to come up later in the movie where you do the same thing, and you're suddenly an expert at it. Ugh. But I, I feel like Chloe Moretz, like there's a a great career for her that like her agents are not directing her towards, mm-hmm. like a great action career too. Well, they're probably like, oh yeah, this is gonna be like the next YA hit. You should be in it. Mm. <sighs> Um, so now we're in some change in this movie and we get Teresa Palmer again. She's just chilling by a row of satellites, doing some hacking, looking cool, like a, like a hip, sexy teen version of like that movie, uh, contact. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get back to the a plot. If you can say that the main dude puts Sarah into his contacts in all caps. So maybe it is true love. You're a problem for me, Sarah. <laughs> Also, he then calls out the nerd to give him a ride. Like, he's an alien, but he doesn't have a driver's license, maybe? Mm-hmm. Although he does drive. Yeah, he, later on yeah. at the end. Well, yeah. I feel like at some point somebody was just like, this guy is so passive. Yeah. Can we at least put him behind the wheel? <laughs> well, so somehow, uh, Oliphant's this, like, super alien protector, he gets the drop, somebody gets a drop on him. I don't, know, I don't know how. They just, like, suddenly they're like, oh, wait, we need a plot. Uh, yeah, he was captured. You have to go rescue him. By the overweight website, like, Paranoid Thriller guy. Yeah, they, those guys definitely got the drop on, like, Alien Protector. Yeah. Uh, and this kid, he has a shotgun. Like, he was definitely planning to shoot the school up with that gun. Yeah, yeah. He was going to do, uh, like, a little bill from Boogie Nights in front of the entire high school class, mm-hmm. I think. Um, also, how did he get his number? When he, like, texts them, they're like, I saw what you did in the woods. That's the thing about all of the the, the teen TV shows. That's that's the trope is that you automatically just have everyone's number. Yeah, maybe on Facebook or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, they just automatically just send out friend requests and shit. Uh, so they rescue the Oliphant. Uh, I feel bad. Like Oliphant, he kind of sucks at this whole protector thing. Like, what what was your skill set? Was it more about the document forgery and like the internet sleuthing? Right, right. And maybe not the hand to hand combat. Well, for a second, they play this like real like hero riff of the score as he's like shotgunning down aliens in the basement. It well, made me kind of surprised that they never went in a direction of like a Punisher reboot with Oliphant. Mm-hmm. I feel like because I I really despise that character. It's like my least favorite superhero. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel Some like Oliphant is not a superhero. 
without a doubt. Uh, Oliphant would be a really bizarre, possibly cerebral direction for that character. Instead of getting chained from Walking Dead. Ugh. Um, like this guy, he uses his superpowers as a flashlight. Yeah, I can, it's just so he, bad. His, like his you make Jubilee look cool. His superhero name is not even like Nightlight. It's the flashlight. <laughs> uh, and um, there's all this like alien abduction, like ancient alien stuff going on here that just feels like it's tacked on from a different movie. You might as well have included the asshole from the History Channel with the big crazy Wolverine hair. It looks like he's stoned all the mm. time. Uh, I hated number four more because Timothy Oliphant sacrificed his life for him. Well, so this guy's power so far, he has got flashlight hands, uh-huh. some sort of telekinesis, some mm-hmm. sort of like he can generate or control electricity. He can start the car. He has super strength and super agility and, and also like lame puppy dog love for high school students. He's like uh, like, like the nightmare, I, nightmare fan fiction version where like uh, Gambit and Dazzler had a baby. I mean, they could really stand and nail it down a little exactly like what this guy's legacies are. You know, yeah, yeah. it's like whatever the plot demands. <laughs> and then there's just like this totally lazy like we need the mentor to die at the end of act two moment yeah like for some reason he stops the car and pulls oliphant out onto some train tracks yeah just so it can be more dramatic and have the train come by and it's like big like no moment i i i just had the snap photos of the look on oliphant's face he looks so relieved to be like mm-hmm. getting out of this movie he I turns just... into a swirl of ashy dust just imagine they were they were driving in the car and they're like, what do we do? Do we go to a hospital? You know, like, oh, my God, you're bleeding. No, I got it. Let's pull over and we'll drag you out and put you on the ground. That's good. That's a good plan. <laughs> I mean, the sound effects are a lot of like. Am I making it worse? I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe if I shine my flashlight on you a little bit. Well, right why do the aliens disappear into dust? Are they vampires? I feel like, again, I feel like this was like a, like, like there's TV show rules. And again, this was like a backdoor Buffy sequel. Like, like SMG just shows up and like stakes this bro with Xander and Willow and not Don. And then you're just like, hey, let's follow these guys from now on. Yeah, yeah, really. Well, like, I remember Joss Whedon said that the reason the vampires turn the dust on Buffy is because he couldn't imagine carrying on for five seasons where like they have to dispose of bodies bodies, constantly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so the alien has a tattooed on hairline, belittles the work ethic of the conspiracy website guy before torturing him for fun. I feel like that's the most human aspect of this movie. Yeah, Kimi here, the Joker, he is not. He's all about like, like just lecturing, like, oh, you, you adults and your comics and gadgets. You know, like, is he's it actually, disgusted with society. Is it actually Kimi? I think it's Kimi. We're talking about, uh, Kevin Brandt. Oh shit it is. Yeah. yeah. That's about right. this guy he he plays to a type. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kimi from Lost. Yeah. Real son of a bitch. Wasn't he like the blob in the first Wolverine Kill movie? Benjamin Linus's daughter. That's still one of the most fucked up things that were happening on network television. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was the blob as well. Man, I love Lost. Um he did this fucking killer. It's insane. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers for season You're like, Lost. wait. What's the catch? No, there is no catch. He just killed her. Yeah. There's no magical way they're bringing her back. Yeah, she's dead. Whatever happened, happened. Uh, so plot contrivances as LOLs. At the one hour and 17 minute mark of the movie, the nerd gets an audio news update on his flip phone. <laughs> oh my God, it's so lazy. <laughs> and the main dude gets a text from Diana Agron that says, who are you? Yeah. And that's on Sunday night at 8.45 p.m. According well, to the even phone. the fucking cop is stalking not Veronica Mars here. Like, just like his kid. The cop... I need I need his face to go away. 
Yeah. Like, oh, it's, yeah. It's a little too intense. <laughs> oh, you know what I love? You had the the dramatic moment uh, where like Oliphant is dying, and the bros just like no, like next to train. Yeah. And then the next time we see him, he's taking his hood off. Like it's this big dramatic moment. Like oh shit, the hood's coming off. Except <laughs> the hood was not on in the last scene. It was like he put it on just so he could then take it off. How does he know that the girl is at the douchey teenage party? Why would she be at the douchey teenage party? Yeah, yeah. Well, she's. Also, just why like... did the cops raid their house? Yeah. A good um, thing you tuned that in on your fucking flip phone. <laughs> With all due respect to Diana Agron's kind and trusting nature, mm-hmm. this dude's story was always fishy. Always. Yeah. Um, but then I like how the sheriff basically deputizes his douchebag son to hunt down John Smith. <laughs> well, I like how the cops and media are like already at the paranoid website guy's house. Like, it would have taken weeks for somebody to find those bodies. Yeah, yeah. So then, hunted by all sorts of parties with nowhere to run, our hero and his leading lady break into the high school dark room at night to develop some photos in place of earned emotional content or exposition. <laughs> also, like, how high was that house that she almost fell off of? Like, three stories or something? It seemed that like way. he has to have his big hair moment because she's falling like 50 feet. They from the, the they house. treat it like the moment in the dark night when Batman has to dive out the window to save uh, uh, Katie Holmes. Oh, I just want to barf. Yeah. He uses his telekinesis so he can catch the girl in his arm. To do a flip mm-hmm. to catch her. This dude's just doing backflips for all us sinners. Um, well, doesn't it seem like the whole police threat here seems completely secondary? Yeah. Like, it's just, like, added in to, like, raise attention or something. Well, but you can tell that because the aliens then promptly show up to bitch slap law enforcement. Well, and his ex is, just like, it's like, oh, I know where she is. Like, why why would he guess that she went to the school? Of all places they could go when they're on the run from the cops. He's just, like, using my powers as her weird ex-boyfriend. I can tell you, that chick's a huge nerd. Mm-hmm. She's going to go to the dark room. Um, well, and then Kimi is just like, oh, you watch a lot of television? <laughs> Stupid American. They go uh, to the high school so she can develop his photos. Yeah, yeah. R- in the midst than, of everything, let's go develop your photos. Rather than earn any kind of backstory or exposition, they go to develop some fucking photos. Um, the cops so, are on the run, are looking for him. They're on the run. There's aliens after him. Let's go to the dark room. Well, at least the movie did not disappoint on the bad aliens having mini Cloverfield monsters in the back of their semi the whole time. I would uh, like to call this trope Chekhov Super 8. Um, I'd like to call this trope like these these alien monsters have no impact on the plot at all right <laughs> like Does it, anything have an impact on the plot it's like they had the aliens had to have monsters and then he had to have a secret like a uh, dog protector to, to counter the monsters but like if you just removed all of that nothing would change no nothing and um, then you just have a bunch of bad guys and like driving around in black suvs wearing trench coats well everyone saves him at some point like, yeah. I don't know if he legitimately, like, defeats any obstacle on his own. The main purpose he has in this movie is to, like, show people his light erection. Yeah. Or to take off his hood. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Or to put his hood up. back on. Yeah. yeah. Oof, that's even worse. Why didn't they just kill the ex? Like, for some reason, this guy lives. And they, like, bring him around, you know, the aliens do to, like, I don't know. Well, give also, him, so. Give him advice or something. Teresa Palmer saves him. The dog saves him. All he can really do is be sullen and, like, give number six, like, a finger blast power-up so she can go off and be awesome again. That's, like, weirdly sexual. Yeah. It's it, Everything about her is weirdly sexual. <laughs> and it's awesome. I mean, her fashion mode is also basically Buffy when she was into all the leather. 
Well, Evil Casey, she does this really hilarious, like, side turn to, to dodge a bullet. It's, like, straight out of American Ninja. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they fire at her and she just, like, turns to the side. Their guns are so lame. The bad guy's guns are, like, these huge, ugly... Uh... Like, like, Cable's gun from X-Force? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would scrap that thing for parts if this was Fallout. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> uh, and she probably should have let off with the teleporting. Yeah. Uh, but, like, as soon as the, she shows the up... Yeah, call. six shows up, and you're like, wait, why the fuck have I been watching a movie about this lame-ass number four this whole time? Like, even, like, not Veronica is like, holy shit, I'm out of my league right now. Well, so, so she's basically Faith, the Vampire Slayer, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, a, a very lazy version of that, yeah. So, I mean, Buffy was, in so many ways, a trailblazing idea, movie, and show. What I really hate is when somebody's like, what if it was, like, Buffy, but she was a guy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you missed all the points um yeah so again like i said at some point during this orgy of poorly choreographed violence in the, the movie i really felt bad for the taxpayers because the property damage at the local high school is massive massive and no one will have any explanation for it oh you know i i forgot what should have been my number one moment i forgot about this when uh the nerd shows up uh-huh. and they're like meeting up and uh, he starts blathering away and six she calls him a tool she says who is this tool (laughs) although she really should have been saying that about four and about everyone in the movie she should have told all of them to fuck off and maybe gone on a road trip of like like, you're more of a liability than anything else you should probably just die yeah well i want to see her and diana agron leave together well i feel like they were they were trying to set up like a a little love triangle or something like she's like oh you're good with your hands um but, like, we've already told us that he's, like, basically head over heels for Quinn for Bray here, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, he's, like, he's imprinted on her. Yeah, yeah. so, like, what is the point? Right. Uh, and she's just, like, hit me with your lumen. Uh, and she, like, snarls and does it, and she's, like, Red Bulls for pussies. And they're both, like, panting like they just came afterwards, yeah. <laughs> but it's, like, what what is the point of all that if you've already told us that he's, like, in love forever with Diane Agron? Yeah. Well, I mean... There's love, and then there's, like, finger blast power-ups mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that are overly sexual. How much money could they have saved if they just cut out the stupid, boring monsters? Like, I feel like you'd knock, like, what, $5 million off the production budget? Probably. I mean, there, there's so little here already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you could... If you could thinking, I, I waited through this away. whole dumb movie for this one kind of decent action sequence. Which one? Like, the one at the kind of the very end where... Oh, they're like in the She's doing field? all those like flips and shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> you have no idea what I'm capable of. It's like that's true. You keep inventing new powers for yourself all the time. <laughs> they're not that impressive. Well, and, like the the hypersexualization of six really, it, you know, literally reaches a climax here when she's like on top of him, like straddling him. Yeah. 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 Arch back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the metaphor is not very subtle, and no. yet it seemingly it doesn't mean anything to the movie. Like it's, this isn't like an indication of her, you know, psychological state or this isn't anything to do with the plot. Like it's just there to be there. No, he, she has no character at all. She's yeah. similarly like, like totally a projected fantasy of like basically male filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. She's just like this, like cool fighting chick who like gets off from all the, the you know, the fighting she does. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> So then, then, well, then she and number four have like magic crystal sex by the side of the road while like Diana Agron and the nerd watch. Yeah, they make their space rocks touch. And they're like, did you feel it too? (laughs) 
it's okay i feel it as well uh yeah the two normals are got to be feeling pretty inadequate right now i feel like the this is the beaver's chance to turn to diana agron just be like so you want to hook up well so then he's like they're obviously going to so yeah for no reason at all the uh biff tanner bully shows up and gives number four his jewelry box Mm -hmm. um he's on his side now well i kept thinking like bygones be bygones or just because he knows this will like get this dangerous asshole like out of town yeah he's gonna make a move as soon as he's gone like is your dad dead like what (laughs) (laughs) it just feels so tacked on yeah well then then he says stuff goes missing all the time from evidence and my dad won't even notice and he's got this like knowing twinkle in his eye that makes me weep for the justice system in this country (laughs) ohio cops am i right but but like he says that I weep for the justice system, and I say this as somebody who just binge watched Making a Murderer. Like I feel bad for this entire community. Uh, well, I really so then, wanted the the Beaver to have to ride behind Six on the motorbike. I think that would have been funny imagery. Yeah. Well, I, I wonder though if at the end, if Alex Pettifer was like, "I have to drive. I'm not going to end this movie like <laughs> cuddling the dog." <laughs> yeah, well you know that the ex is gonna move back in on uh, Quinver Bray there as soon as this dude leaves town yeah yeah like what does she tell the cops exactly they were looking for her she's just like let me go develop some film but yeah, yeah this guy at the end of the movie they're like by the way the planet's called Lorian you know like from the Tolkien books yeah the the Mark James guy he's all about just like obliterating your defenses into your powerless to his mm-hmm. douchery um yeah so number four makes like his like smoochy goodbye in the cemetery of Diana Agron. He is a vacant, piss poor conversationalist. Why are he's they in a cemetery? Dist- he's distant and uninteresting. He's lied to her and endangered her life. And then he implies that he'll love her and only her forever, which is a little extreme for like a third date. She's like, yeah, I'm only like 17, man. I, I was yeah. going to go to college and, you know, see what happens. I, I want her to give uh, the speech from the end of Wet Hot American Summer. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> you're a nice guy and all. But right now I'm about dick, an entirely dick. Yeah. yeah you, need to, you. you need to widen that dick net, Diana yeah. Agron. Well, I mean, clearly there's not any other better men. And not in Paradise, Ohio. Oh, shocking. I mean, her choices here are like her like date rapist ex-boyfriend, this like black hole of charisma, and the kid who's going to shoot the school up. <laughs> and May still. Yeah, still. He's like, I'll ride with you because it seems like we get to kill people. Uh. <laughs> I feel the like he's also from is called Lorian. Uh. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> it's like they're driving off like like the sequel's happening, right, guys? <laughs> We're setting up the next movie, right? They're going to make one. Oh, God. Uh. So what would you change if you could change <laughs> about this movie? I want to say everything, but really it's like to maybe put a bullet in the head of this idea in the first place. Yeah, I wrote down make the movie about six instead, but really that you need like a real writer so that she's not just like some like action figure fantasy of like a, you know, female badass. It It just seems like it's meant to be a TV show and not a movie it it seems so incredibly half-baked like i feel like they they're like stealing story elements from like battlefield earth and like jumper like it's so dumb and lame this movie definitely makes jumper look better sure um 
Which is, it's hard for me to say that there's actually a, a male protagonist who is less interesting than Hayden Christensen in that movie. And yet we found a way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Just imagine this guy was Anakin. Oh, God. There were rumors <laughs> that he was up for casting in episode seven way back when, like a few years ago. Alex I remember Pettifer? thinking, like, yeah, Pettifer. And I was like, please, God, no. Like, that would be horrible. <sighs> I'm trying to think of what else he's been. I know he obviously he did the the Magic Mike. I think he did some movie of Vanessa Hudgens right after this. I mean, I, I don't even know what I would change in this movie because it's so obviously designed to pander to teenagers without even understanding how to pander to teenagers. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it's like somebody who they think they understand what appeals to teens about like YA fiction, but they don't. Right. It's 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 a hostile assault on teenagers. Mm-hmm. I think. The the idea that they think like let's introduce our hero backflipping a jet ski like that's what the kids are into yeah so that's so, a character they can relate to and root for so let's talk about Alex Pettiford let's get into this guy's personal life for a minute he's dated Emma Roberts he dated Diana Agron after making this movie mm-hmm. and then he was briefly engaged to Elvis Presley's granddaughter after Magic Mike oh, Riley Q yeah he's in a couple movies good God. His career seems to have tailed off a little. Well, good. <laughs> Maybe it's because he can't act. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, well, to me, this this speaks to unlikable. the um, the kind of continuing lack of uh, like strong male actors, like young male actors. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I feel like there's one of the reasons that like the uh, the YA like teen you know like female franchises took off is just because it was an underserved market. But I feel like the other reason is that they don't have any good young male actors to be in these movies. Well, and, and they have like tons of really great female actors. So they yeah, can't... yeah. There's, there, it's laughable, like how many fantastic underused female actors there are. Mm-hmm. And then you're getting shit like this guy, and you're getting shit like Sam Worthington and like fucking Miles Teller, <laughs> and being told that this is worthwhile. I mean, I, I can only assume it's because. And, and so often they end up casting like British guys is like the, you know, the kind of new leads in movies. I can only assume it's American, like whatever, like the American, like acting pool is, they're being coached to do the wrong things. Like they're being yeah. coached to be this guy pretty much. Yeah. You know, instead of like developing acting chops. This guy. And the, the thing about Alex Pettifer is I feel like his acting coach told him to do more sit ups when really he should have been practicing, like twirling his mustache. Mm hmm. Yeah, not a great movie. And uh, do we do we even have power rankings? I mean, I have four. You have four. <laughs> I don't even have. I am number four. Mr. Your name's Stump. four. I don't even have him on the list. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. I have number ten. I have everyone else. Number two, I have six. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you have four though? The dog. The dog. Okay, you like dogs. This dog is so much more likable than the main character of the movie. That's not hard to do. Yeah. What do you have three? Uh, Diana Agron. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe I would have ranked her somewhere higher than the others. I mean, definitely. Uh, who who would be last? It's 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 Pettifer, right? Like, oh he's yeah, the yeah, worst character in the movie. He, he's he's the worst. And it's not it's not just the actor. It's the entire like way the role was envisioned. It's too. everything about it. Yeah. Yeah. And then number two, uh, Oliphant. Number one, Teresa Palmer. I, I think. Oh, okay, I put Oliphant one. Okay downgrade uh, Teresa Palmer for the fact that she doesn't actually have a character. 
<laughs> she just has like a an idea to masturbate to. The the rule of cool, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say the sequel book is called The Power of Six, which I believe. I still don't believe that there are actually books. I feel like this was something where they they were like, hey, we're going to pretend that this is the hot new franchise and we'll put in all the trailers that it's like the best selling, you know, book, whatever. But I don't think they actually exist. That's my personal headcanon. You said there's like seven of them. Uh, it was like there was going to be six and then they announced there would actually be seven. I don't believe they exist. I, I challenge anyone to actually find one on like a in a bookstore and like take a picture of it. Yeah. Take a picture of yourself with the book and, and tweet it at us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think they exist. I think they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's based on a popular book series. Here, look, on Wikipedia, you can read the plot summary of each title. And that they just sold it to the studio that way. I would I would stress yet again, James Frey should have to go on Oprah and apologize for this movie. Whatever happened to that whole Queen of the Tyrolean thing? Oh, if I'm, uh, Emma... Emma Watson is supposed to be the star of this, like, hot new franchise. You know what Where, I mean? like, they sold it. They sold the movie rights before the book was even out. Right. And I think the book came out and it's kind of blah or something. It's probably in development hell. It's going to be produced by Heyman or supposedly it's going to be produced by Heyman. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. According to Wikipedia, early production. So. Yeah, development hell. That'll never get made. Which is a shame. I mean, she's. I, I don't know how old the character in the book is, but Emma Watson's like mid 20s now, so. Could you. Could this movie have been more successful if it if was. It didn't exist? Ju- would that, but if also it was like gender swap the roles? Uh, I mean, maybe a little bit, not much. It would just been like super bland. Like, I, what would the gender swapping look like? It'd be like some like hot babe in a bikini doing a backflip on a jet ski <laughs> at the beginning. You know? Good point. <laughs> I mean, because the movie wants to have it both ways. Yeah, it does. It wants there to be like an evil jock, even though this guy is the evil jock. Right, right. Well, and the guy who plays the evil jock looks like <laughs> an extra compared to Alex Pettifer. Mm-hmm. There's no like threat of uh, what is it you got? You keep referencing the guy from Karate Kid. <laughs> yeah, William Zabka. Yeah. Uh, I hated this movie. <laughs> I know it was worse rewatching it. Well, did we watch this originally the same summer that we watched In the Land of Women and Dreamcatcher? Mm, no, I think that was a different summer. That was, This movie wasn't out yet then. Those, Which are, is, those are two movies for sure, though. The Those movies are horrible and amazing. In, in the Land of Women, Adam Brody, Zeth Cohen there, he plays a uh, a screenwriter for like Cinemax, yeah. Cinemax porn movies, who they keep on having to call and consult. I feel yeah. like... I don't know, that's obviously some sort of like writing in joke because obviously that doesn't happen in real life. Well, I want to say one of the queries is like, what is the character's motivation in this scene? Mm-hmm. But that was the movie where I think I realized that I loved Case too. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, she has to compete with her mom for Adam Brody. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's that is the movie that starts off with him getting dumped, and then it has the great line where he goes to his mom's, and he's like, "So and so dumped me," and she's like, "Oh my god, when?" And he's like, "An hour and a half ago. I've been in traffic." <laughs> it's like the most LA line you can have outside of film noir. <laughs> oh man. So what are we are we gonna do diversion next week? No. No, you don't want to do it? Uh I don't think I can do anything next week. So oh, okay. I think this will be it into PLL. And then I don't know wow. how 
I think we should. We can leave you with this shit sandwich until the next time we podcast in like four months. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we can try to squeeze out Back to the Future every few weeks during PLL. I don't know. We'll see how busy PLL keeps us. Yeah. I keep I keep wanting to like not do as extensive a notes on PLL, but I just don't know if that's possible. I can't wait for this new season. It's I, I've been it's avoiding been everything about enough. it really. Like I, I I see like Reddit threads occasionally, and I just like like no, I'm not even gonna read them. Like I, I want to be pretty spoiler free. Just kind of come in, get you know new experience first time. I feel like I'm in a good place where that the little bits that I know here and there seem absolutely bizarre to me and i don't know how you reconcile them all together and i like that because that's where plo i think that's plo's sweet spot mm-hmm. um and plo is the kind of show where like they'll tell you beforehand that like toby's got a new girlfriend but not spencer and i'm like okay <laughs> toby found love but not spencer amazing amazing uh, anyway, if you want to get in touch with us, if you have any recommendations and whatnot, uh, we can be reached at headcanonpod on Twitter. Our website page is broswatchpll2.com slash headcanon for this podcast. Uh, we got a couple more reviews. Uh, Mom27 and Fireheart14. Thanks to both of them. A couple of people really want us to do the Star Wars holiday special. So because they hate us, apparently. The only thing that I want to do in my life more than see the Star Wars holiday special is to never see the Star Wars holiday special. I've never seen it. I have no desire to watch it. Because every detail I hear about it just seems like somebody's totally, utterly bullshitting me. <laughs> um, but I'm so afraid to watch it. Everything I've read about the holiday special is just like, you might think you could watch this ironically and have fun. You can't. Like, it's that bad. Like, yeah. Well, and it's like, it's stop a- laughing. It's not funny. It's just terrible. From what I understand, too, that 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 was something that was created in the heart of the development phase of Empire Strikes Back, which makes Empire Strikes Back seem like more of a miracle for how good it is. Who thought that would be a good idea to do? I don't know. Well, I want to say Bruce Valanche is one of the writers. Oh, there you go. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, but I mean, I feel like the the emotional apex, though, is that Carrie Fisher has a uh, coked up song that she sings to the tune. Of the Star Wars theme about Life Day. <laughs> now, Life Day only comes once every three years. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, we'll be back at some point. Um, we, I mean, I know definitely on the list is Back to the Future movies, the Twilight movies, and the Marvel movies. Although the Marvel movies, obviously, they're going to split those up. Yeah. Probably do like Phase 1, Phase 2, etc. Yeah. It would be nice to like have all the Marvel movies done for Captain America, but that's definitely not going to happen. No, no. Maybe for uh, I don't know, Avengers Infinity War, whenever <laughs> that comes out. Right. Uh, anyway, until then, it's been fun. We'll be back when we're back. And check us out on our other podcast, Bros Watch PLL2. Yeah, we'll see you then. Bye-bye.